2: It's Ty Power's Bigfooty Final Sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Tyre Power's Bigfooty Final Sale can't last. Visit tyrepower.com.au
1: now. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfas are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all wheel drive. You're listening to the Run Home with Kimbo and the
2: Roots. Welcome
4: back, 4.35. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo Rucci for the run home for Kimbo and the Rooch. Brought to you by Balthus, no matter your club colours. Balthus are for the game, Rooch. Before the break, I gave you two horses for the Murray Bridge Cup. I said you can back both of them. The two of them have gapped the rest of the field by three links, and agreeable has beaten Lord Vladivostok in a photo finish. So if you box them up, you had a same race multi, you backed both of them, you've got a return. So I can't do any more than that live on a, well on a Friday well Drive program. Well Another man that no, is... absolutely. Here we go. Someone said, had the Quinella for 25 units. You legend, Milo. Kim who? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, um, a guy that's absolutely killing it though, Roach. He's our new star of SEN track. We got him over from RSN. We had to pay him the big, big dollars. But he's the star of Giddy Up with Gareth Hall on SEN track. He's on every morning. I do a show with him, winners on Saturday morning, to discuss all things Caulfield Cup and Everest for the weekend. His name is Gareth Hall and he joins us. Hello, G-Man. Hello,
5: Miles. Great to be on the Shogunate Roots. Yeah, on fire again. Tipping up a storm, are you, Miles? Unbelievable. Now, now Gavin, breeze.
2: if you went head to head with Miles through yeah. the spring carnival, <laughs> who's going to have the champagne at the end?
5: Oh, no doubt, Miles. He's the greatest tipster in the world, Roots. Unbelievable. <laughs> Hard to beat. You couldn't think,
2: go past him. Well, I think we'll be cutting that for a promo eventually. <laughs> sarcasm
4: coming out of you is after I just gave you no. a big rap is uh, unbelievable, Gareth. Hey, um, I'm mate, serious.
5: You're, you're on you You're in form at the moment, Moles. You're seeing them like a beach ball.
4: Yeah, well, it's a, it's a three year form streak uh, that seems to be going <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Hey, um. Mate, rain here in um, in Melbourne, it's Caulfield Cup weekend, it's the Everest up uh, in Sydney. It's one of the big days of Australian racing.
5: Yeah, I think it's one of my, I think it's nearly my favourite day, because the Everest has uh, changed the landscape of the, this beautiful game that we love in thoroughbred racing, and then you've got the time on the Caulfield Cup with so much history. And when you combine both those races, I think it's just ignited the sport, and You can look forward to a top-class race every 15 minutes with the best jockeys and the trainers in the country going head-to-head in in two states. So I think the Everest is a beauty. And the the Caulfield Cup always produces a wonderful story. And there's so many storylines this year in the the great race over a mile and a half. So I can't wait for tomorrow.
2: Gareth, I'm not an expert in the racing field, so I'll put up my hand immediately if this is a very, very silly question. But you would never have, and we've moved away from this in the sporting codes. The AFL Grand Final going head to head with the NRL, the Everest, and its timing.
5: What is going well, on? I, there? Is that? I don't think it matters, Rich. I oh. don't think. I think if you had the NRL Grand Final and the AFL Grand Final on the same day, it would be down to TV rights. You yep. would still sell out az Stadium, and you would still still sell out the MCG. Um, you'll have a capacity crowd as close to at Caulfield. Yeah. They will pack Sydney at Randwick for the Everest. Um, record turnover. There'll be people betting on this day like never before because there'll be more people watching the Caulfield Cup because of the Everest right. uh, vice yeah. versa. Yeah. I don't believe in that argument. I think people just like to talk about that just for the sake of it. I think racing's the big winner tomorrow. By having the Caulfield Cup and the Everest on the same day, I think the MRC has embraced it as well. They know it's beneficial for them. Their turnover on this day has never been better since the Landy's put the Everest on. And the Everest has been great for racing from a marketing point of view. I think it helps people in South Australia, Perth, Queensland, um, Victoria, Tasmania. I think it's it's been terrific. So I think racing will be the winner. Uh, And you wouldn't get more people at Caulfield necessarily because the Everest is... Or less people at Caulfield because Hmm. the Everest is on in Sydney. I think the only difference, if we could get a spaceship or something like that to fly James McDonald to both venues, that might help. (laughs) That's the only. That's the only thing I think I could
2: wish for. So you think there's a win-win?
5: Yep. Yeah, I I totally. I I think that um, I think for a racing and sporting fan, when you've got the Caulfield Cup an hour later from the Everest, I think it's a dream that everybody at Caulfield be watching the Everest and. Everyone in Sydney, um, they might be having a few beers by the time the Caulfield Cup comes (laughs) along, but they'll be watching with interest.
4: Hey, Gareth, let's just... Before we get stuck into the Caulfield Cup and the Everest, uh, let's just talk about your show, though, in the mornings. We're on track for SE and track tomorrow for the Caulfield Cup, but I just want to quickly talk about your new show. You go every morning talking to all the trainers and get all the mail. You pretty well have them all covered. One, how have you found it? And two, um, do you think think that... um, that uh, you have the winner of the everest and the Caulfield Cup from your interviews this week
5: I think we might miles yeah giddy up we started about a month ago it's um, been a lot of fun we've got a, some terrific contributors on Monday we'll have Wayne Hawks and Johnny O'Neill for our means test Jared Whateley will be joining us on Monday we've got a good young team which includes you of young form analysts that um, have got some you know, got so much passion for the the, the sports of harness racing, but especially thoroughbred racing, greyhound racing. So um, hopefully we can find you plenty of winners. And, um, yeah, and we've talked to all of the trainers and get to know their personalities as well. So three hours is simply not long enough to fit all of the content with all the, um, with what's been happening in the racing games and all three codes from Monday to Friday. So, no, it's been a lot of fun, and it's just been a great time the start of the show basically in the middle of the spring, and it's only going to get better in the, the next couple of weeks. Caulfield Cup, I think Alegron's going to be hard to beat. We had a chat to James Cummings on Giddy Up on Thursday. Um, geez, he's bullish about his chances. Now, he missed the Turnbull Stakes, he had a temperature, but James says that shouldn't be a problem with him. There'll be no excuses. And that um, missing that run in the Turnbull could be a blessing in disguise. So I think he's worth the play and I think and Romans is going to be awfully hard to beat. And Gigi's a great story, a horse from the southern part of New Zealand that's been with Kiramar and David Eustace for a little while, but they've been patient with him. He's a horse that's um, bred to stay, and his breed suggests that if you're patient, he'll keep on getting better and that's what he's been able to do. And he's been thrown into the Caulfield Cup now with 51 and a half after winning a naturalism, sneaking into the field. And then he won a weight for a race the Turnbull Stakes, the other day. So he's giving all of his rivals, or they're giving him weight, despite him defeating them uh, the other day at Flemington. And I'm causing a little bit, I'm, I'm tipping a little bit of an upset in the Everest. I think Nature's trip's vulnerable from the draw. I think he can back two horses if they get the get the run um, in the late splits and the concluding stages in Mars Crusader, it went very close last year and also lost in running. I think flying at the moment for Johnny O'Shea and Huey Bowman. So those are the horses that I'll be playing in those big races tomorrow.
4: Gareth, we can catch your show every morning on SEN Track 8 till 11, Monday to Thursday, at 9 till 10.30 on Friday. And then you and I do winners on a Saturday morning. Appreciate your time. And, I'll, well, I'll see you in the morning.
5: Get yeah, on your miles, sit on your
4: roots. Thanks. Gareth Gary. Hall there. I'll just give you my tips, Root, since yes, I'm writing anyway. these down. I, I'm Caulfield cup, smoking Romans for me. And then if it's a real really big bog, Montefilia, um Montefilia, New Mary and Dewis, round out my numbers. Yeah. And then the Everest, I've had a big bet nature strip, and then I've had a that exactly true. the same as Gareth on um on Mars Crusader. So they're the big ones. You can hear all the tips. So on SE and track, on SCNSA, and SA, my form lounge goes to air tomorrow morning as well. For all the both cards, both previews. One thing I do want to say though, Roach, is if you're in Adelaide and you do love your racing, yes. the Lion Hotel, right, they've put a big screen in their in their beer garden at the Lion. TAB's come in. It's free. It's sponsored by Moet, the full kit. They've the line have done Ooh. it properly. They'll be there all spring. They're calling it the Lion Cage, not the Bird Cage. So from twelve PM tomorrow, you can get to the Lion Hotel and I can guarantee you. Uh, that will be the one place I think in Adelaide that you're going to be watching a lot of just, the spring races. Just mention your name at the door? Uh, you can mention my name. You actually can go and mention my name at the door <laughs> if you want to. It, won't get you, it might get you a spot. It won't get you anything free. But I'd be going to the Lion Hotel. It <laughs> Because just if you don't like racing and you just like maybe having a bit of a look around, yep. I think you need to go to the Lion Hotel. Okay. So, all righty. Uh, to the Lion Cage. Rooch, on the other side of this break, we've got Antonius Cleveland. Coming up to join us, Would it, did you find that the did you find that um, the 36ers were poor against the Jack Jumpers?
2: Yeah, all well, the euphoria that we had from their tour of the states didn't unfold nicely at all last night. To be nine zip down a minute and a half into that game, and then to lose to the Jack Jumpers did sort of burst the balloon pretty quickly. But well, did- it's only the start. Yeah, disappointing was... after
4: they lost to the Suns. Absolutely disappointing. Uh, beat the Suns, should I say. Uh, so he's still to join us. We've got race Racing to chat all things cricket, part of SNSA's T20 World Cup team. The Friday forecast is still to come. We've got our real estate wrap, thanks to McGain Real Estate, and all the properties there. There's heaps more to come. On the run home with Kimro and the Rooch, please stay with us.
1: A Balfers in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfours are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive.
2: You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. I'm
1: of holy
4: grail. Welcome back to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. All thanks to Balfers and we're live from SNSA Studio Lumo. Miles Fitzgerald, Michelangelo Rucci with you. Roach, change of tact here, we need to talk basketball, we need to talk 36ers, and who better to get on than one of the stars of the 36ers. He's been generous enough with his time. Antonius Cleveland, we speak of. Hello Antonius, thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for having me man, how you doing?
2: Well we're delighted to have you in our town of Adelaide Antonius, but we'd love to know your story. From Memphis, Tennessee, all the way through to the NBA, then to the Illinois Hawks which will be a special moment again on Saturday. But how did we get you here in Adelaide? What's been your life story so far, if we may ask?
3: Um, Basketball took me all over, man. Um, had a couple of stints in the NBA, uh, but it was time to, you know, go abroad and go overseas last year. And NBL was just, um, you know, the right league to go to for the first time. My agents felt like that. And, yeah, I felt like that as well. And so, it um end up getting a deal done there on the one year deal. Went there and had a pretty you know, pretty decent year and um, had a had a few suitors this off season. So I got to make my own decision on where I wanted to go this time around and uh okay. <laughs> Adelaide this was kinda of the, the the best fit. It was, was the best decision for me.
2: Well it's reassuring to know that Australia is still is the place to be, particularly when we know that, as John Casey, our basketball man here at SEN, keeps telling us, it is a sport that can take you all over the world. You could have been in Europe and many other leagues. What have you found about the Australian basketball scene? How do you find it?
3: Uh, I find it like, I feel comfortable. It's a up and down style pace. kind of like the NBA, plus the G League, which is how I like to play. Um, It's a great platform. Um, with analysts and you know the media aspect of it, um, ESPN deals,
4: and I, I really enjoy it, man. I really enjoy it. Uh, Mate, you mentioned uh, you love the people. Let's talk about, like, let's talk about off the court though, because we all we all love to have a beer, we all love to have a party. Have yeah, you found uh, a bit of the Adelaide nightlife? If you had an opportunity to get out, maybe go to a couple of clubs, hear some music, um, yeah, sit down and have a have a nice meal and, and maybe a few beers somewhere.
3: No, not yet, man. The weather's been a little, a little, a little whack, man. I don't, I don't like the cold, so <laughs> I stay inside for the most part. Um, well, mate, I it's about to get—it's about to get a lot hotter. That's what everyone keeps saying, but I'm waiting, man. I'm
2: waiting. <laughs> yeah, it will happen, Antonis. when we get the run of 45 degree days, you'll know about it then. But tell you what, was hot. Your tour of the U.S., particularly when you have a win against an NBA side, generated headlines everywhere just how was that tour in the end
3: um it was it was great it was great man to go to go to the states and um get a win was great it was great for the club great for the country you know our our city and loved ones and um just also to get get a chance to go back to the states and kind of reset mm-hmm. man um kind of paying for it now a little bit you know with jet lagging our body, but i think it was worth it man i think we'll eventually bounce back and um, I, I, all in all, I think it was a great trip and a great experience.
2: Speaking of jet lag, nine down after 90 seconds against the Jack Jumpers, then you lose 97-72. Is is that the drag factor from your U.S. trip? Do you feel you, you just weren't ready for this this first game at home?
3: Um, I feel like we could have did some things better. We, we didn't come out with a sense of urgency ready to play, and um, they beat us, you know. It's, mm. it's easy for us to blame it on the trip. But, if, I mean, if we win that game, we're not saying anything about jet lag. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah. so, um, I mean, realistically speaking, you know, legs were a little heavy. But when you get down by that much, um, it's hard to, you know, claw your way back into the game after, you know, taking a trip like that to the state. You don't want to be playing from behind trying to play even harder when, you know, so. I think everything you know kind of just didn't go in our favor, but we kind of didn't help ourselves as well, so we just gotta bounce back and learn from it
4: tomorrow you go again, mate in front of the home crowd, your host the Illawarra Hawks from five p m at the entertainment Center, your old mob uh how are you seeing the game shaping up against uh, your year old team uh,
3: we gotta come out and play desperate man uh we <clears throat> need to bounce back, get back on the right track and um you know continue to build our you know build off that so should be um, an interesting game for us. I mean, it's all about us. It's not about them. Um, so that's my mindset. So we just got to go in and do the things that we're supposed to do.
2: And Tony, as you say that you chose the Adelaide thirty sixers, why, why did you pick our team?
3: Um. Well, I wanted uh, Robert Francis is a good friend of mine, so we wanted to go somewhere and play together. Okay. And um. There's a couple of places that he didn't want to go, which kind of got X off the list. And um, <laughs> Adelaide, this <just> was, <laughs> Adelaide was just the perfect fit, man. When you look at, you know, the pieces that they have with, you know, uh, Maca and Sunday, uh, you know, guard-wise, they can guard and defend. And I feel like that's what I hang my hat on as well. So I felt like me meshing in with those guys was perfect. Then you got Robo who can, you know, really score and. It just kind of made the most sense, you know. CJ, you know, sounded pretty good on the phone with his plan. And, um, yeah, it's just just kind of like an easy decision. It it was kind of the the best fit for both of us to come to. And um, just um, just opportunity kind of presented itself.
2: Did CJ give you the the sales pitch that he wants an entertaining side? Did that appeal to you?
3: Yes. He said he wanted to play fast. Uh, He wanted to get up and down and play fast and, like I said, that's right up my alley. I like to play fast as well. I don't want to walk the ball up and throw it inside and be a half-court team. So, you know, all of that was, you know, also led to my decision and to come in here, man. And uh, Yeah, it's like, kind of how we played in the States, uh, Phoenix. That's how we want to play up and down. You know, of course, we were making a lot of shots, but, you know, we were playing fast. Uh, I think that's what we want to do, and we have the team, you know, to do that.
2: And Tony, we were a little concerned once you start winning in the States that the agents would start getting calls to keep you guys in the States. Was there any reaction from the American side of the camps?
3: Um, uh, Well, on, on my on my, on my my end, it's going to take a lot to get me out of here. Um, just because, you know, I've been in that situation a couple of times and it's going to have to be a deal that blows me and my agents away to get me to, you know, pack up and get out of here. But, I can't really speak for um, you know, my, the other two imports. I know Craig had a lot of phone calls and whatnot, so I can't really speak for them but on my me personally, it's gonna take a lot to get me out of Adelaide and um uh, we didn't quite get a I didn't get a call, you know, worth fulfilling at least and my agents would have told me if they did, but uh not sure about the other guys, but I'm just happy we got to, you know, get them back on that flight and get back over here.
2: Yeah, well done. Well done indeed. Well, it's going to be a big weekend. Have the text messages been coming from your old mates a little Waller at all, or are they are leaving it until uh, game time to get into you?
3: Not really. I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty close with um, a couple of the players, so I might get some food with them tonight. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, they're the enemy, man. There's no friends between those lines. So, I mean, hey, they're Adelaide. I'm with Adelaide now. So, to hell with the Loire, man. That's just last year. I'm focused on, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side now with the 36ers. And my focus is with us. I'm ready to go to war with, you know, who I'm with now and my teammates now.
2: Well, you're ticking a lot of boxes there, Antonius. You love our city, you love our team, and you're staying with us. That's all we wanted to hear. <laughs>
3: 100%. hey
4: wait till you get down the beach mate when the weather's a little bit hotter you'll uh, i think you might enjoy it down there too mate thanks so much for coming on the show and uh look hopefully when it warms up you can get a couple of beers stuck in you over the summer too hopefully go well against here we'll chat again soon
3: Thanks, man thanks for having me thanks Antonis. isn't that Antonius good miles Gleyburg. to actually
2: hear someone who has come to our town wanting to play here and stay here rather than just make it a just a passing station onto something else
4: Exactly, Roach. Well, that's what you want. Like I said, I'm in Adelaide now, and it want to be a bloody good deal to get him out of here. Mm. So, oh, I'm all, I'm all about it. Just, like, oh, aren't we due? We're nearly due, aren't we?
1: Well,
2: yeah. Well, considering we've been waiting to see which team of all our national sporting teams from the summer brand actually get up with a title, we've yeah, we think the Sixers probably are the ones that are closest. The Redbacks are going to make us wait, are they? Or how are they? Uh, look, they're are on, you, the think are you on the improve. Improve?
4: Yeah. Well, I've got a bit of an insight into the Redbacks, so okay. I think they're. They're starting to build a bit of a nice little list. They're, and they're really invested in their, in their sort of younger talent, which is going to take three or four years. And yep. they're doing a proper rebuild. It doesn't happen as quick in cricket because you've just got to get games yep. into youngsters.
2: United in the A-League, well, they compete. Uh, they are playing against some... Teams with a fair few aces up their sleeve, but you know, while you're in the race, you're always a chance. Well, so we'll see while what we're at it,
4: brings. While we're at it, Thunderbirds. We need the Adelaide Bite up and about. The yeah. Avalanche yeah. We need, the, need the ice hockey to, well, to
2: get it. Done. As Kim would we, say, we're
4: due. Yeah, we want them all to win. Hey, let's go to the news, Ruch. Um And then coming up on the other side of this, uh, um, we got Burritt's and the Racing to chat some cricket. Indeed, Burritt, who's up after this. I'm still- Welcome back. This is The Run Home. Kimbo and the Rooch. Miles Fitzner, Michelangelo, Rucci. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver, Hyundai Tucson, turbo diesel, all-wheel drive as we are live from SNSA Studio Lumo on King William Street. Well, you are, Rooch. I'm not. I'm in wintery Melbourne. But do you know a man that was in Adelaide. I met in Adelaide and got to commentate the Shield cricket with him. He's Ooh, yes. a superstar now. Yes. The superstar yes. of SEN's T20 World Cup team. He also does a test cricket. There's not much he can't do. His name is Borat Sundareis and he joins us. Hello, mate. Hello, Miles. Hey, you forget, I forgot one thing. I can also
0: tell when the rain's coming by seeing which way the ants are going. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, no,
1: no. Come on, Barry. You've know got to tell way. us a bit more. No, we need mate. more on
2: this. Give us more.
0: <laughs> well, look, Look, the one thing I learned—I uh, didn't learn much about cricket uh, from you know while commentating with Miles Fitzner. The one thing I did learn, though, was from his experience of living in the country, yes. um, how to make out um, you know when the rain is coming. He said he taught me how to look at uh, the direction in which the ants are going. And another thing, and Miles, I always think about you when, while I'm at the while I'm at the Britannia yes. roundabout, and I hear someone honk, I know. Somewhere, Mile is just sipping or just, like, downing a beer.
4: <laughs> so, just quickly on that, route. So, it was about the ants moving because we were commentating the Shield cricket and I said, look, the ants are going mad and they do when the rain's about to come because they don't go in a line, they just go everywhere, right? And it was like, we were, we were talking about it, but then when we were driving home one day from the cricket, I said about how we play the, the drinking game at the, the Britannia Hotel where if you, you drink out the front and someone toots, if you've got your glass in your hand, you've got to finish it. <laughs> any it's one of the great games, isn't it, Barack? All right.
2: The joys you have of being a cricket commentator, eh?
4: <laughs> well, you learn something.
0: <laughs>
2: now, Bharat, hey, yeah. the big story of the moment, Dave Warner, will he be Australia's captain?
0: I mean, look, the, the path has been cleared for him uh, finally. Uh, it's been in the works for a while now. Uh, and there's never been a question about David Warner's leadership skills in terms of what he does on the field. Uh, he's, you know, one of the most strategic captains I've ever seen in my time. And, you know, he's won titles everywhere. He won an IPL title as well. Not many have done that. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he knows how to lead a bunch of men on the field. We all know the reason that led to that, you know, captaincy ban uh, as it's called. Uh, uh, but, you know, I read a piece from uh, Dan to Adelaide's own Dan Breddick, uh, earlier today, which kind of detailed how, how that was played out, uh, you know, how the board officials met. And there was a sense of panic back in Cape Town when that meeting happened. So, uh, well, look, he's he's had, what, quite a few years, uh, for four and a half years that he's been kept away from the captaincy. Uh, but with Finch retiring from one-day cricket and more so the 50-over World Cup, what, just 11 months away, you want someone with a lot of experience uh, with Indian conditions. And who better than David Warner?
2: Can we trust him? And, that, and the key point here is, Barat, when this all began and Cricket Australia set out its findings and how it would all approach and the question of whether Smith Warner would ever get leadership roles, one of the stipulations was that Cricket Australia would accept that it had to appreciate, measure the room among the Australian public.
3: Has uh, the Australian I, public no, no.
2: forgiven Dave Warner and can they trust him?
0: I think a large section of Australia still might not find it easy to forgive David Warner. Uh, and just having been here and spoken to a lot of, you uh, know, just punters, like people who are just followed, follow the game and our fans, um, I don't think they'll ever come around to, to doing that. Uh, but, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody deserves a second chance. And, and we're not calling for this to happen, the turnaround to happen, what, 12 months into what happened. I mean, it's been a while. Uh, we've seen how David Warner has matured as a cricketer in that time. Uh, we've seen what he, how, how he's approached his batting in that time. Uh, and also, look, I mean, also how he's been on and off the field ever since. So it, it, it might be difficult for a lot of people to put that trust into David Warner. Uh, but the only way you'll find out is give him the role and see how things go. Uh, and, and look, I think he's a father. He spends a lot of time with his kids. And, you know, whether it's on social media or just generally, I think he has matured a lot in the last few years. Uh, so I think the time has come for us to just give him a chance and see how he goes.
4: Burrat, let's talk about the Australian T Twenty team. hasn't really started all that um, all that great. I know the World Cup starts pretty shortly, and and we see some of the lesser known side, should we say, kick it away pretty soon. But geez, we haven't started very well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the only uh, positive in it,
0: Miles, is the fact that uh, where was Australia going into the World Cup last year? It did not look flash at all. Uh, you know, they had come off heavy defeats in Bangladesh and West Indies, and you weren't really sure what your main playing 11 was. Um, so they're still tinkering and trying to find uh, or, you know, use different permutations and combinations just to find that final level. And, and, and in a way, I mean, if you look at it, touchwood they're one of the few top teams who aren't without major injuries. If anything, they're spoiled mm-hmm. for choices. I mean, Tim David has come in the last 12 months or so. Um, Josh Hazelwood has become the number one T20 bowler and the past bowler in the world, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and, and now, uh, you know, it, it, it's a question of how you fit all of them in. And Cam Green is just waiting around the corner. Uh, so Australia look much stronger on paper than they did last year. Uh, but it, it, it's just about getting that combination going. And they have this game tonight and also the warm-up against India at the Gabba. And I think they'll be ready to come the SCG.
2: Murat, right, you've got a ranking system for us yet? Is Who are the four teams to look at semifinals?
0: Um, look, I think um, Australia are right up there and you know, I would have put India in that top four and yeah. uh, thankfully the show doesn't go back to India. Uh, but without Bumrah and without Jadeja, I don't know whether they look as good as they would because they're going to really miss them. I mean, you're talking two of the greatest Indian cricketers or among the greatest Indian cricketers mm-hmm. that we've seen in the last 10 or so years. So uh, the dead bowling is a big issue for them. Maybe they sneak into number four. I mean, England are looking really strong. I mean, like the bowling has been an issue for a while, but um, we've seen the likes of Sam Curran has come back and done well, and Mark Wood is you know he loved Australia last time around and he started off really well here this time as well. Um, so they look really strong. I think if you look at the other teams, um, South Africa. One thing that has stood out um, in the last few games of T20 cricket we've seen in Australia is defending is going to be a key, right? If you put a total on the board with these big boundaries, if you bowl well you can defend. And that automatically points you towards the better bowling sites. And South Africa is definitely one of them. Maybe even New Zealand in that mix. So I would say Australia, England, South Africa, and maybe India would be my top four.
2: New Zealand has a fair bit of pressure on it, doesn't it? The expectation there?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, they've been a side who who make it really far into ICC tournaments, and nobody gives them a chance. (laughs) Here almost... There's, there's this expectation that they they will come through like, not just because they made the final last time but um uh, they are a very experienced t20 side you know and mm-hmm. uh, uh even the like who might see, has played a lot of t20 world so they are they just find themselves in the tough group with australia and england and afghanistan and maybe with the west indies sneaking in so it can it won't be easy for them to get out of that group
4: Barat, uh yeah well just oh, didn't really yep. no, didn't, Mike didn't come on there baratta uh, SEN broadcasting all the games. Uh geez, a lineup. Massive lineup. Jared Waitley, Damien Fleming, Darren Lehman, Simon O'Donnell, Adam Collins, Lista Staleka, uh, yourself, Bryce McGain, Stephen O'Keefe, Chris Lynn, Brad Hogg, Brett Jeeves. It's a massive lineup. Do you really look forward to these tournaments, especially when you get to broadcast it to the whole of Australia on a radio network? Oh,
0: absolutely. I can't I can't wait to uh, you know, get in there and uh, show off my Norwood accent, which is what I call it, as you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is going to be an exciting tournament. And you know why? Because unlike a lot of other T20 World Cups, you've seen there are a lot of unknowns about T20 cricket in Australia. And no, even though I named four favourites, I don't think anyone starts as a favourite. So it'll be interesting to see once the tournament starts. I think we'll learn a lot of things about T20 cricket in Australia. And that's what's going to make it really exciting.
4: Barat, uh, you're one of the greats. We love you here. Uh, look, you've especially—I've gone out and read your M.S. Dhoni book. If you haven't gone and got it, you wrote the book on M.S. Doney, You can go and get it. Follow you on Twitter. Follow him at Beastie Boy. Barat, best of luck with the commentary. Look forward to seeing you around the traps, and hopefully we can go to the Britannia Hotel and play a bit of honk drink.
0: I can't wait to do that. Thank you so much. Have a great evening, guys. I might, I might,
4: I might drive around the roundabout constantly. <laughs> yeah. honking all and it's one of the great games, Roach. It's—it's oh, if you've got it in your hand and someone toots. And you know what that roundabout's like? It's carnage oh, here at the... Oh, it's protect- Don't worry yeah, about it's, that. It's a good game. Go- Even Lions, is thinking about it Friday night. And, I mean, Friday night peak hour, you could go there and have a beer with the boys out the front. It's fantastic. Right. Um, but I'll be at the Lion Hotel tomorrow. Well, I would be if I was in Adelaide. Yes. Uh, well, at the-
2: I might slip in there on your behalf.
4: Yeah, you get, look, I'll line up some drinks for you, Rooch, at the Wine Hotel <laughs> oh, yeah. tomorrow. I think Let's I've got go. an
2: AFLW game that's going to keep me a bit busy. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go
4: to a break. <laughs> On the other side of this, the Friday forecast. And now, McGain, real estate wrap. This is the run home with Kimo and the Rooch. Miles Fitzner filling in for Kim Dillon. He'll be back next week. Back in a moment.
1: A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfours are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots.
4: Welcome back. This is The Run Home, Kimbo and the Roots, Miles Fitz and the Michelangelo Rucci with you. Roots, it's a Friday wrap and, well, the forecast is coming, but before that, Speaking of wraps, we need our real estate wrap, and who better to wrap the real estate than McGain Real Estate, sold by McGain again. It's our weekend wrap, thanks to them. Sold by McGain again at McGain Real Estate. We've got a couple for us. You want to kick it away?
2: Mike Dobbin won't be doing much. Zoe Ball certainly will at one goodyear close (laughs) Woodcroft, a stunning family home with a separate granny flat. The home offers four bedrooms, two beautifully renovated bathrooms and three living areas and a solid hardwood Timber floor layout. The self-contained granny flat, that's where you'll find Mike Dobbin having a nap, I can assure yeah, you. Yeah, or that. me. <laughs> Has one bedroom, bathroom kitchen, lounge, separate laundry, plus there is a big shed. Price, seven ninety to $840,000. 1st open will be on Saturday between 12 and 12.30.
4: Mike and Zoe have also got one um, up in Happy Valley 17 Allison Drive. In fact, it's a beautifully presented family home with two awesome entertaining areas. uh, Plenty of room for entertaining. One, a pitch veranda, uh, and the other, a pergola over a timber deck. Three bedrooms, two living, two bathrooms, and plenty of parking. The home has ducted cooling and ducted gas heating, plus a slow combustion heater. All that, all that for between 585 and 625 thousand the first open is this sunday 11 to 11 30 so you can get in contact with mike or zoe for those two properties there and that's why everywhere you go there's a sign popping up route saying sold by mcgain again and we, love we love we love him at mcgain real estate We do we Do you do. reckon mike could be on the phone to kimbo too wouldn't he at the moment looking after him while he's away well he's
2: actually saying, what responsible he's actually responsible for kim being ill
4: is he yes What's yes. it what the, the punters club didn't go very well but Mike and Kimbo had no, I think I think Mike was ill first Oh oh yeah. Well hopefully you're all right Mike and you too Kimbo he'll be yeah. back next week too but it's time for it's time for this That's the only reason I like filling in on Fridays is because of that thing. Of music Did you know that? Yeah. Uh, very good. very uh, good. Like, let's go to, uh, let's go to, do Do you want to start with the Doomsday scenario? No, the sure thing. We go okay, sure thing. The sure
2: thing first, and my sure thing is, Malcolm Blight will not be answering the telephone to St Kilda in any way at all. Not to be on (laughs) this. My sure thing thing would be that they wouldn't ring him. (laughs) Well, take it whichever way you like, but it it won't happen. There'll be no blight involvement in this. I've gone a different
4: tack with mine um, because I'm probably not going to be on here again um, before the Melbourne Cup and famously tipped uh, Vow and Declare at $56 uh, on this show. Um, three years ago if Kimbo was here he'd say "Do you still get living off that I am a, 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 an international horse will win the Melbourne Cup this year mm. so it will not be a local right. that is take it to the bank so that's between the your mouths, Kimura without a fight Loft or Dovial Legend one of the internationals will win the Melbourne Cup this year if you're backing a local you're doing your money
2: okay Radio. most at stake Tonight, Adelaide playing Brisbane at Metricon Stadium in the AFLW, top two teams in this battle for supremacy. It has so much at stake, particularly for Brisbane, because if they win and can hold the number one ranking and keep that through the finals, they have a really strong chance to argue that the grand final be played in Queensland at Metricon Stadium because they are the only team, the only team that can do that, whereas everyone else has a venue such as... Adelaide can't get to Adelaide Oval because the cricket is on. So there you are. That's why it is so important for Brisbane and a lot at stake at Adelaide then to get it on a neutral venue if it becomes Adelaide-Brisbane grand, grand final at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne. So a lot at stake tonight. A lot
4: at stake. My most at stake is St Kilda. Mm-hmm. And it is if they don't get this appointment right and they've got to go back to the well and start again, uh, I, I think that they become... Yeah, the, the one, that become the laughing stock. If not, they already are. But if they don't get it right again, I think there's going to be a point where this little um, suckling from the teeth that be the AFL, um, there's going to come to a point where they're going, well, you can't keep making mistakes and us keep bailing you out.
2: Oh, know. we live in a league where people do... Always get bailed out in the AFL because we don't have yeah. promotion relegation. That's the
4: issue. Well, uh, let's just say then there's been the so
2: many bailouts for so long because it's that's the way the system is. It's a locked competition. Why aren't they the
4: Tasmanian team then? If they're going to keep? Oh no, no no no
2: Let's not inflict more pain on Tasmanian football. They deserve the right <laughs> to start up their own. Their no own no unit. more pain on
4: Tasmania by sending some Kilda there. No, I don't man. know why the talk's been about North Melbourne. I'd be more. They're actually North Melbourne at airborne money wise. Airborne. Absolutely
2: Airborne. They're the club. They're the worst club in the comp, St Kilda. Right. Doomsday. Yep. I'm putting the Adelaide 36ers on notice because after all the enthusiasm, the euphoria of beating the Phoenix Suns in the US, we can't have them starting 0 and 2.
4: Now that wouldn't be ideal.
2: Down against the Jack Jumpers, can't do it against the Hawks otherwise. What are we saying then? The team that conquered the world can't win at home.
4: Yeah, it's not good. No, no, no. I, Pick I, up your socks, Sixers. My doomsday scenario is it's two-pronged. One is the more rain here. There's a lot of people doing it tough here at the moment. Um, here in Victoria and, and a lot of my mates in the country have actually gone underwater. So doomsday for me is a bit of a sentimental one. I don't need any more rain. No more rain. But also, I think doomsday scenario is David Warner captaining Australian cricket again. It'll Isn't take it? the tarnish off it.
2: Interesting how the world reacts as well—not just Australia, but how the rest of the world takes that—that news if it comes to be.
4: Interesting. Um, If I just in the last minute of the show, because it's been a great Friday, the listeners have been superb off the text machine. Uh, If I asked you if there's going to be a headline next week, what? What? Where's the spanner in the works next week? There's got to be something. Well, there's something happens. I'm expecting. I'm expecting there to be a, a real like. Oh, hang on. They spoke to a coach a month and a half ago. Job, come out here somewhere.
2: Oh, and Brett Ratten was kept in the dark. I think not so. Sure, I'm not sure that plays out that way. We'll Rich, thoroughly
4: enjoyed thoroughly enjoyed filling in uh, for Kimbo with you, Linesy You've been superb, Benny. You've put a great show together. Thanks to everyone for listening and tuning in. Um, and uh, you won't have to worry about me next week. Don't I'm sure. sure. Don't forget, you can go to the go to the line hotel watch the races if you want any tips. Go to S E and track because they're all there for the races on the weekend. Enjoy your week Thanks, weekend, everyone.
2: T- Good night.